so exciting we get to upload yep for anybody uh i don't know if we talked about this so um i realized the other day we're talking about the braves and some other things and we're behind and we're gonna be like way weeks. behind yeah womp, weeks womp. behind uh, so <laughs> what what is going on is we decided we wanted to record five before we uploaded episode one uh that way if we had to miss a week we had a little bit of a bank worth of uh episodes Yes. Um, so this is week five, which means we can upload episode one shortly. Yeah. Um, so who are you, by the way? Who am I? Who are you? I don't know. Who am I? Are 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 you Tyler? No. No. Oh shit. I know that. I'm Patrick. You're Patrick. No, no this is Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Not crusty crap. Uh, yes, I'm Tyler. Um, she's Megan. Hi. Since she said who I was. Um, and we're here on Whiskey and Wonder, like I said, episode five today. Yep. Um, today we have, I got to reach for it, sorry, uh, Conviction Whiskey. When Megan brought this over, immediately I said, oh, so it's going to be a crime-related podcast today. And she goes, yep. Yep. So I don't know what the topic is. Um, Megan does. But we have not opened this bottle like we said on the last episode. We think our reaction should... We shouldn't cheat on the, no. uh, I, I cheated last time and um, smelt it first and I'm going to go ahead and open this if you could. Okay, it. yeah, go ahead and open. I'll talk a little bit about. Uh... Oh, shit. I just ripped the little pull tab thing right <laughs> off. Uh... We're off to a great start. Um, so a little bit about Conviction Whiskey. Um So this is actually, and I didn't know this until looking it up, but this is a whiskey that is made in North Carolina. It's about 20 minutes northeast of Charlotte. Where at? Um, the Southern Grace Distilleries. I know exactly where that is. It's and, in Mount Pleasant, North Carolina. All right. Well, this uh, used to be a prison. Yes, it did. And they um, turned it into this distillery instead. So that's their uh, their thing. Um. Um, I, uh, and fun fact, Bo's vet is, I drive right past it. Oh, well. Taking Bo to the vet. According to the internet, touring this distillery is really cool. So maybe at some point when the world isn't on fire, we should go do that. Absolutely. Cause I, every time I drive by it, I want to take a tour. I always forget it's out there. Um, until I go out that way. Well, let's see how good this whiskey is. If you ever well, figure out how to get to the say, bottle open. Right now it's. I mean, it's alcohol, so it should be childproof, but it's it's adult childproof because <laughs> I am struggling hard. You're an old man deep inside. I know. You're like 65. And I'm about to put it in my mouth and start gnawing on it. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Oh, you that just smacked hand, the mic. Uh, my hands slipped and smacked the mic. All Do right. we need a knife? Oh, my knife's in the a other knife? room. A knife? My knife's in the other room. Uh, but I do have tools. <laughs> just... I've, I've got a couple of... Uh, um, Channel locks and a pair of snips. Are you really going to oh, use... Oh, I have an X-Acto knife. There we go. Hey, that should work. The pull tab broke in... It, it broke by you pulling it off. It didn't... It... No, it actually... I was able to re, uh, revive it a little bit and pull it, and then it pulled off all the way and still didn't 
Okay. Come off all the way. All right. So bottle design is not making me super. Well, it's not the bottle design, but it's just the top design. All right. All right. That was intense. <laughs> I feel like I just came out of a heavyweight fight here. I was the victor, though. Just want to make that clear. Ooh, did you Ooh hear it that popped. It did. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if y'all heard that. Let me see if I can get that again. Get that on the on the mic. Oh, oh. I hope that came through. That was I cool. hope so too. It's pretty. We smelling it? What's yeah, it? I'm smelling it. I'm sorry. Um, here, you smell it. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I don't really know what I'm smelling. I smell. I guess. Hmm. Oak, I smell not oaky, but woody. I smell chocolate cherries. I'm way off then. I think. All right. So okay, I smell like oak and chocolate cherries. All right, here comes a finger. That's going to be a big finger, too. <laughs> I'm pouring today, and I got big fingers. <laughs> I, hope, um, I hope you've had something to eat. I have this time. Okay, good. Um, there, have, there have been times where Megan's had to hang around for a little while and yep, eat some like, food. <laughs> get some bread. <laughs> all right. So we do not condone drinking and driving. No, not at all. That's no. terrible. It is. Um so this uh, distillery operated as a prison slash work camp from 1929 until 2011. Um, so very interesting. Um, so according to, hey, I am a smart person. Um, on a, the nose. You're a fart smeller. <laughs> on the nose, this bourbon is full of raw oak, vanilla fudge, and chocolate covered cherries. Mm-hmm. I feel like a genius. I, as far as whiskey goes and smells and stuff like that, I would say you're definitely much more genius than me. Right. Since I thought it smelled like wood. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to, uh, let's see. Read them again. What, what, what were the other things apart from chocolate chocolate covered cherries? Raw oak. And I did say oak. You did. You did. I'm not. Uh, I think I <laughs> am a genius. <laughs> I, I rescind my previous statement. Raw oak and vanilla fudge and chocolate covered cherries. Yeah, I can I get I get whiffs of the chocolate covered cherries. But it's mainly just the oaky smell for me. All right, so we each got a finger. Yep. And guys, I I might have changed just a little bit sound and I I turned myself up a smidge cuz I couldn't hear myself. Um so I might be a little bit louder. Hopefully we'll not too see. loud. We'll fix it. Hopefully post if something's wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's supposed to be a uh, bold on the mouth and on the front of the tongue with a finish of leather and coffee. Um, and more coffee. Oh with boy. coffee cake and sugar. So it sounds like it'll be a dessert whiskey. Hopefully it's better than last week's. Oh boy. Just for everybody out there, I don't drink coffee. I don't like coffee. I love coffee. I think my veins are 80% coffee, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, oh I do. It's got coffee. Oh. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, it, that'll be a nice It's not sipper. bad. It's just that first taste is dark coffee. Mmm. Nice dark roast. It's very nice. I like it. I'm... 
The back end's not bad at all, but that first taste is. Uh, honestly, the more it sits on me, because I only had the one little sip, this is something I would drink while smoking a cigar. Yeah. This is this is a cigar whiskey, in my opinion. It is. And it, it's sitting on my tongue for a long time. It is. It like is. Like, I'm. Yeah. That's nice. I like it. That's a definitely. I'm. That's a, I'm I don't want to say I'm going to redact my previous statement, but I don't like the flavor it immediately puts on me. Yes, well, but we'll, we'll it sip sits, it during this, yeah, and we'll when, give our actual reviews here at the end. So. Yeah. Um, so, like I said earlier, we're a few weeks. This is going to be posted a few weeks behind, um, but we'll talk a little Braves and Rockies. I'm sorry, Megan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's just... Maybe by the time this is published, like... The baseball season will be over, like the, the World Series will have been played. I was going to say maybe the Rockies will have made a, a huge, amazing, just phenomenal wild card comeback. And... Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's that many games left in the season. Shh. Um, Let us hope. Anyway, well, the Braves have uh, won the NL East for the third year in a row at this point. Um, 2020 isn't even a real season. No, it's not. I'll give you that. <laughs> I I will say that, but you can bet your ass I will claim the World Series if the Braves win it. <laughs> if anybody else wins it, it was just a bullshit season, but if the Braves win it, yes. Okay. This is recorded. So. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm putting it out there. All right. Um, I'm a biased Braves fan. Yes, you are. Yes, but I that's, am. that's okay. Um, I don't have anything to say about the Rockies other than I can't wait for 2020 to be over. We're going to kind of... I think a lot of people are in that boat. Yeah. This year sucks. Let's fucking get it over with. Um, so, also in other news, uh, the football season has started. I think we're three weeks into the football season. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the middle uh, of week three. I don't um, follow football like I do baseball, so I'm not as big a fan. I... Did not figure you did. Um, actually, I knew that. Um, you were a, not really a fan of anybody. I, and then I want to say you kind of support the Panthers or Broncos, right? Yeah. Both yeah. of them or just one? Uh, more so the Panthers. Okay. Um, but I'll follow both the Panthers and Broncos slightly. More more so the Panthers, though, for sure. Okay. Um, well, just to piss my family off in Colorado. Yeah, well, they're about like the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I'm honest, but the Packers, my team, yes, I'm from Charlotte and a Packer fan. Um, I don't ask questions. Um, anyway, the Packers are three, and Woo! here we come. Super Bowl. And we just beat the saints last night. So that's awesome. So what you, uh, so have you ever heard of a man named Dag Hammerschold? No, no, all right, so this will be a totally new story for you. Awesome. Completely. Okay. Um, so this is kind of twisty-turvy, and there is so much information and stuff out there that I just, I'm, I can't talk about everything. So I got, um, my information came from a um, documentary called Cold Case Hammerschold, Um and the uh, NobelPrize.org. Um, 
historychannel.com um those are my 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 big ones um but i first heard this uh about this guy on a cracked article a couple years ago um and it was an article about like the top craziest conspiracy theories that are probably true and it, it, it it's interesting so we're gonna talk a little bit about mr dag hemmerschold um so he was born july 29th of 1905 uh, he is the youngest of four sons uh, of his mom agnes and his dad yalmar hemmerschold yalmar was the prime minister of sweden um I knew these were not American folks by the names. <laughs> Agnes I, might pass for 1905 America, but... Yalmar and Dag Hammerschold. De- definitely immigrants if they're in America. They're not. They're in Sweden. He's yeah, the prime minister Sweden of okay. Sweden. Um, yeah, I had to Google how to say Hammerschold about five times and continuously watch documentary and i still think i'm probably going to say it wrong at some point so i apologize to any swedish listeners because i'm definitely going to fuck this up because we have so many swedish listeners currently we 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 might never know hey anything is possible you're right you're right all right um so this is the first time I took notes both digitally and um, electronically. So I'm going to kind of be... Wait, Back the bus <laughs> up. <laughs> Fuck. Um, this is the first time I took notes both analogly and digitally. I'm trying to make myself sound better. Just okay. let it happen. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to be switching back and forth from my handwritten sketchbook turned research journal to my word document on my phone so all right let's watch this play out (laughs) uh yeah so we're gonna see what happens um so hammerschold was very intelligent um he earned his first degree in humanities in 1925 at Uppsala University in Sweden. His second degree was an economics degree in 1928, and then a law degree in 1930, and a doctorate in economics in 1934. So, what what ages was he like a child prodigy? Like he was born 1905. So and you said 1930 something. He got his doctorate. Yeah. So he was math is hard. Thirty. He's about 25. 25. He's about on par for. Maybe a, maybe a few years ahead. Math is hard. Because I he was usually not... graduate college at 22 with a bachelor's. So he's a few years ahead of a doctorate. You figure master's two years, doctor two years. Yeah, he got his bachelor's at 20 years old. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Couple right. years. Right. Probably skipped two grades. Yeah, something like that. He is very intelligent. Okay. Um. And he, uh, very early on, he wanted to basically work for the humanities. He wanted to make the world a better place. Okay. Um, and we're talking, at this point, 1930s Sweden? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so he did teach economics for one year in 1933 at the University of Stockholm. Um, but he quickly got into uh, politics uh, instead. 
and he is the youngest uh, still currently UN Secretary General. He was appointed in 1953 when he was 41 years old. Wow. Youngest at 41, huh? Yep. So that means that everybody else is probably like in their 70s. It's everyone done it. Probably. I've not looked into the UN a whole lot, but... Yeah. Um, so, in a radio program um, released in 1953, um, he wrote down a quote that said, From generations of soldiers and government officials on my father's side, I inherited a belief that no life was more satisfactory... Take two. From generations of soldiers and government officials on my father's side, I inherited a belief that no life was more satisfying. Fucking fuck. Take three. (laughs) That's strike two. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) No life was more satisfactory. Got it that time. Nailed it. (laughs) Swish. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) No life was more satisfactory than one of selfless service to your country or humanity. This service required a sacrifice of all personal interests, but likewise required the courage to stand up unflinchingly for your convictions. From scholars and clergymen on my mother's side, I inherited a belief that, in the very radical sense of the Gospels, All men were equals as children of God and should be met and treated by us as our masters in God. Can we put that in uh, layman terms? (laughs) Uh, He was a white person, a white dude that was for equality of everyone. Okay. He was basically, from what I gathered... um, his father's side said, stand up for what you believe in. And his mother's side said, everybody's equal. Yes. And so. He like smushed he the two of them for, together yeah. and became. Sounds like a positive message. Definitely. Definitely. He uh, he did a lot of good while he was alive. Uh, so I told you one of my. Um, the switch. You guys couldn't see it, but Megan just switched from the <laughs> phone to her. To her notebook. I'm sorry. I Ever since she brought it up now, I feel like I have to call it out when it happens. Okay. The switch. Now, I'm going to fill some dead air while she takes a sip of her drink uh, by saying, I have drank. I just want y'all to know I have eaten a cheese stick today. Um, <laughs> that you shared with dogs. That I, Yeah, I split it with my dog and Megan's dog. Um, and I'm having this big finger. So I apologize for what's about to happen. But I have had like four good sips so far. So I'm probably going to start feeling it soon. All right. It's... I got drunk on the first, well, I didn't drunk, but I got buzzed on the first episode, and I, we just listened to it earlier, edited it, edited it a little bit, and I was like, oh, yep, I'm definitely buzzed. So, anyway. um, So, I told you guys at the beginning that one of my sources was uh, the Nobel uh, Prizes website, mm-hmm. and that is because he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize posthumously in 1961. He is the only person to have ever received the Nobel Peace Prize after his death. 
Okay. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure there have been other people that received Nobel Prizes. Not the Peace. Not the Peace Prize. Not the Peace Prize. No, there's been three people in total that have received Nobel Prizes. Who are the other two? Do you know? No. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll find that while you... <laughs> Damn it. I just knew there was three of them. Um, so... Most of this information I'm going to talk about right now came uh, from the NobelPrize.org. Um, so he took the um, head of the Bank of Sweden, um, the most influential financial structure in the country, uh, from 1941 to 1948. Um, Hammerschold has been credited with having coined the term planned economy, um, along with his eldest brother, Bo, who was then undersecretary in the Ministry of Social Welfare. Um, He drafted the legislation. Jesus Christ, I've not had as much to drink as you have, and I've actually eaten today. (laughs) I am a little bit bigger, though. (laughs) Um. Wow. Him and his brother drafted the legislation which opened the way to the creation of the present so-called welfare state. The welfare state. Yes. Can you define that? No. Okay. I'll look that one up real quick. (laughs) Did you find out who the other winners of the Nobel Prizes are? I did. Are they? Um, So I'm going to skip back to welfare state real quick. Okay. A system whereby the government undertakes to protect the health and well-being of its citizens, especially those in financial or social need, by means of grants, pensions, and other benefits. Socialism. Right? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's along those lines. If not exactly socialism, but... I I very much <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I'm very much anti government in my life. <laughs> I don't want the government to help me. Um yes, I found the uh the other posthumous Nobel Prizes. It is uh Dag how you say his name? Hammerschold? Hammerschold. Hammerschold. That's a, there's a K and a J that make a ch sound. Hammerschold. Um then there's that was the Nobel Peace Prize in 1961. There's Eric Axel Carl Felt, who won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1931. And then, um, let's see, following the 2011 announcement of the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine, it was discovered that one of the medicine laureates, Ralph Steinman, had passed away three days earlier. The board of the Nobel Foundation examined the statutes and, and, and the and an interpretation of the purpose of the rule above led to the conclusion that Ralph Steinman should continue to remain a Nobel laureate. I guess that means nominee. And uh, because they had him up there without knowing of his death. So I'm assuming it was those three. Yes. That sounds like what I read very briefly. Okay. Um, so Hammerschold represented Sweden as a delegate to the United Nations in 1949 and then again in 1951 to 1953. Then he received 57 out of 60 votes and was elected the Secretary General of the United Nations in 1953 for a five-year term, second ever Secretary General. Um, 
and he was reelected in 1957 and he died in 1961 as the secretary general of the united nations how did he die so the official cause of death is a plane crash due to pilot error supposedly that's what's on the official report but we're going to get into that because that's where everything turns topsy-turvy okay yeah because i was just about to say i I said i I said i said everybody i told everybody earlier it was going to be a crime podcast and so far (laughs) (laughs) it's not been but i've lied (laughs) it's about it's it's gonna get there let me talk a little bit more about how awesome of a dude he was before we get into how he was viciously murdered all right most likely um so at this time in 19 i guess late 1950s um africa was getting their independence um and he worked a lot with helping these african nations um develop their independence and break away from um the france britain yeah colonial powers the colonial powers thank you that's the word i was looking for i got you by the way I'm sorry, this is completely random. Nice shirt. It's oh. a Game of Thrones with the Stark yes. sigil, and I believe that's Jon Snow. No, it's Arya. It says oh, not today. Arya. Oh, okay. So, yes. Rob was better. Well, <laughs> let's not give anyway. spoilers on it. Anyway. Yep, okay. Um, so he had a lot of uh, going-ons in the Congo, um, and... Yes, you look like you're about to say something. No. No? No, no. Okay. All you. Okay. <laughs> um, At least nothing important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but we'll, we're going to get back to the Congo okay. and all that. Just know that he's, he's doing a lot for a lot of people. Um, his first major victory was between 1954 and 1955, when he personally negotiated the release of American soldiers captured by the Chinese in the Korean War. Sounds like uh, one hell of a humanitarian. Yes. He is the OG humanitarian. He's he's a bad, He was a badass. Impressive. Most impressive. Um, in the Middle East, his efforts to ease the situation in Palestine and to resolve its problems continued throughout his stay in office. Um, during the Suez Canal crisis of 1956, he exercised his own personal diplomacy with the nations involved, worked with many others in the UN to get the UN to nullify the use of force by Israel, France, and Great Britain, um, and under the UN, UN's mandate, commissioned the United Nations Emergency Force, the UNEF. Uh, which is the first ever mobilized um, international organization, uh, basically like an international Red Cross to help in disaster Humanitarian times of need. Yeah, exactly. I missed one, guys. She switched back to her phone. (laughs) (laughs) That was the alcohol. (laughs) That's what made me miss that because I can tell I'm starting to feel it. You're getting bubbly. I've had about half of my finger now. Which is about the size of one normal human finger, maybe. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have food. Or have had food. I have That's to go true. I have to go fix food after this. I had waffles. Ooh. I'm sorry. I have frozen keto waffles. Mmm. 
keto waffles. They're not as bad as they sound. <laughs> and I have sugar-free syrup, too. All right, back to... Um, um, damn, I can't even think of his name. It was weird. No, Dag, Dag Hammerschold. I wanted to say dang. <laughs> <laughs> dang Hammerschold. Dang Hammerschold, man. Dang old. All right, back to dang. <laughs> um, Megan's chipmunk noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it was with these precedents established that the UN and Hammerschold took up the problem stemming from the new independence of varying developing countries. Um, the most, so, yes. So he essentially went in instead of letting there be a uh, power vacuum. He like went in and tried to smooth things over. Smooth things over instead of yeah, that's intense. Yes. So that's very intense. Yes. Um. So the most dangerous dangerous of these was the newly liberated Congo, which arose in July of 1960, when the new government there, faced with mutiny in its army, succession of its provenance of K- Katanga, I knew I was going to have a hard one saying Katanga. that, Katanga, and intervention of Belgian troops, asked the UN for help. The UN responded by sending a peacekeeping force with Hammerschold in charge of operations. So, when the situation deteriorated during the year that followed, Hammerschult had to deal with almost insuperable difficulties in the Congo and with criticism in the UN. Um, So, basically, what happened is the Congo had these mercenaries. um, Merch squad. Yeah. That were basically fighting to take over the government. Um, And... Hammerschold used the UN forces um, and basically attacked and started a they they started a fight, but he was trying to were were they trying to take over the government or just separate from the government? Trying to take over. They were trying to take over. Okay, that's yes. interesting because I heard the term secession in there and yes. just based off the U.S.'s history and secession, I didn't I didn't necessarily think that was take over the government, so. Yes. From from what I understand from um, the documentary that I watched, gotcha. Which again is called Cold Case Hammerschold. It's very interesting. Where can people find that? Right now, it is on Hulu to watch. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that again once we actually reach his uh, his death. Yeah, which we're I, getting we're getting close to. I can smell it. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that smell of decay. Mm. Uh, I was at work today, and I found a lizard who had been trapped um, in no. yeah, a box. Oh, he was long dead, but he was trapped upside down and couldn't Aww. move. Yeah, poor, that's a tough way to go. I couldn't get him out either after, after he died. He's just going to have to decompose there and stink. Oh, poor yeah, buddy. I, I couldn't get him. Anyway. That's sad. Well, sorry. Life, nature. Actually, I, I told you about what happened the other week at work. Uh came up on a black snake Mm -hmm. and i hate snakes oh i hate snakes but i took a moment and you know i i was a good solid four or five feet away and he was like crawling through some riprap i spat i hit the snake with the spit the spit like jarred the snake he freaked out he flinched i guess he was hunting a toad or a frog 
and his flinch made the toad jump, and he struck and bit the toad. <laughs> and I was standing there with my buddy at work, and I just went, nature is metal. <laughs> I mean, we, were, we were both like oh my god did you see that it was so cool where was a camera when you need one oh uh, andrew was actually taking pi- i mean my coworker was actually taking pictures <laughs> i guess we'll have to edit out that name ah uh, nah no <laughs> i didn't i didn't give a last name okay there's only a few of those in the city so oh yeah all right back to the story all right um Sorry, guys, I made Megan lose her place. <laughs> I vote no more online things. I do too. I'm much better. losing your place. I'm much better at handwritten, but I was trying to save space. Uh, but next time, instead of using an expensive sketchbook to start as a research notebook, I'm going to use an actual notebook. Yeah, I can, uh, I might can get you one. <laughs> um, I mean, you could also do what I do and read it off a like screen. Yeah. If you wanted to go that route. But. I know. I need to pick one way. Yeah. Pick one way. That's all right. I just like to swing both ways. Mm. Oh. Kinky. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Back to... Oh, God. I'm sorry. That was way too loud. Back to... Uh... Um. So, uh, a last crisis came for him in September of 1961. Um. When he arrived in Leopoldville to discuss details of UNA aid with the Congolese government. Um, He learned that fighting had erupted between troops and non-combatant forces of the UN. Um, So a few days later, in an effort to secure a ceasefire, he left by air for a personal conference with the president of the Kakonga. and sometime in the night of September 17th or 18th, um, most places I've read said it was after midnight on September 18th, um, he and 15 others aboard uh, perished when their plane crashed between Takanga and North Rhodesia. Um, you know who that reminds me of? Or what this all reminds me of? What? I'm sorry. I'm having to look at him up right now. Um, I can't. Roberto Clemente. That I couldn't think of his name. I have no idea um, who that is. Oh, Roberto Clemente was a Puerto Rican uh, baseball player for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you talk about me hitting the <laughs> microphone. Megan just slammed her whiskey glass into it. Um, this is gonna be a rough episode, guys. Oh, oh boy. Um. So uh, Roberto Clemente was a uh, very, very, very famous baseball player. He played for the Pittsburgh Pirates back in the, um, I think it was in the 70s. And um, he was also very humanitarian. He was from Puerto Rico. And he uh, there was a massive earthquake in Puerto Rico in 1972. Right, uh, uh, I'm looking it up now. It's December 23rd, 1972. And um, Clemente... Uh, he started immediately working to arrange emergency relief. Um, and he uh, apparently he learned real quick that the aid packages, uh, corrupt officials were diverting the aid packages in uh, the Samosa the Som- government. So basically, he was trying to send this yeah. care packages and they weren't getting there. And so he went on the flight with the fourth one to make sure that it got there and then ended up 
um, the plane had mechanical problems and it, it, uh, it crashed into the ocean hmm. shortly after takeoff. Very suspicious. Yeah, he died. Super sus. Might be. Um, but yeah, Roberto Clemente is, is hailed as a hero in Puerto Rico. Oh, he's huge. He's big. And Pittsburgh Pirate fans too. Yeah. Anyway, sorry that I love baseball guys. Megan loves baseball too. So I yeah. figure anytime I can I educate about baseball. It's good. It's good. Damn. Day. I just realized that would have been a, <clears throat> that would have been a great piece of trivia. We're, we're, we're going to do a new yeah. segment. We're going to start a new segment called uh, Trivia with Tyler. And damn, I should have kept that for Trivia for Tyler. Well, damn. now you got to think of a new trivia thing. Oh, I've already looked some up. Okay. <laughs> and stay tuned for after what, I'm done stumbling about Dag Hemmerschold. That's Dang Hemmerschold. Dang. And that's what I was doing while you were listing off your sources. I couldn't tell you <laughs> what a single one of your sources were. <laughs> that's All right. okay. Back to old Dang and his, his All right. plane crash. So at this point now... He's dead. Rip in pieces. Uh, almost literally everyone on the plane except for him. He didn't die. He died. But not from the crash. Well, debatable. So when... Um, dun, dun, dun. And to I'm, be continued I'm kinda on jumping episode ahead. six. <laughs> I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but when um, authorities did finally go and look at the plane um, crash site and everything, all the um, passengers of the plane were like burnt and in pieces and just like massacred, except for Dag, who was pretty much intact. And then there's one guy with a bullet hole. Dang. You're pretty damn close. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that's a that's a pretty obvious sign of everybody else is burnt to pieces and then one guy's laying there with a hole in his head. <laughs> it's um, pretty mm. close. All right. Uh, so now I'm going to get into a little bit um, of something that Mass Brueger said. Now, Mass Brueger is the Danish director of the Cold Hase Hammerschold documentary. Um, and he basically starts the documentary with this quote, and it really stuck with me. So I, I really liked it, and it'll uh, fit here. So Mass Brueger says, quote, This could either be the world's biggest murder mystery or the world's most idiotic conspiracy theory. If the latter is the case, I am very sorry. I would agree perfectly. Um, now I do have a question and I'm sorry if this is a bad question, but do you have any of the details on the plane crash? Uh, like how many passengers were there? How many passengers? What was attributed to the plane crashing? Yes. Um, so I I don't mean to jump ahead. If you're going to get there. Yeah, I'm going to get there. All right. Yeah. I'm going to get there. Yeah. Um, so yes, everyone, um, aboard the plane uh, did end up dying, except for one man who passed away um, a couple days later to his injuries. I believe the term is succumbed. What did I say? Passed away later to his injuries. No. (laughs) And you might have said from his injuries, but I've always heard it pronounced or said he succumbed to his injuries later. (laughs) You're correct. Uh, I want y'all to know, well, while Megan switches again, <laughs> Fuck. 
I'm never doing this again. This is a horrible <laughs> idea. I want y'all to know I am over halfway done at this point. I'm feeling good because I have an empty stomach and I'm a semi-lightweight. And I still don't like the first taste of this whiskey. All right. Um, so two investigations into the crash were led by British-run Central African Federation, um, which included Northern Rhodesia, um, found that pilot error was likely the cause, um, as the plane had been flying too low when it made its approach to the airport. Um, what was, what happened in the crash? Like, do we, do we know the details? Did they like fly into the side of a mountain? Like. So, uh, that might be too soon to say, but like Kobe Bryant, or did they? That is a little too soon. Ouch. Yeah. Engine, engine failure. Like, do we have any of those it, details? Pilot error, um, flew too low and crashed. Okay. So, so the al- on, approach, auton- on approach to the runway. Yeah. The okay. al- altonometer. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Something like that. Um, they, the, they think that the altometer was broken and so he couldn't uh, read how high or low he was and crashed. You know, I've always kind of been curious about that. Another question before I say this. What size plane was it? Were you talking big plane? Were you talking little plane? It's a DC-6. So Anybody uh, that knows planes, write in and tell us what that is. I'm pretty sure it's a small plane because there was only 14 people on it. DC-6 plane. I'm Mm going to look it up. It was called Um, the Albertina. Yeah, it's a pretty tiny plane. A little... No, I'd say it's a pretty... Pretty big plane. It can go 4,500 miles. Top speed's 315, and its wingspan's 117 feet. Yeah, but how many passengers can it hold? I'd put, well, like, a solid 25. That's a pretty tiny plane. I don't know. I was thinking, like, a... Oh. This is also 1961. We don't have, like, private jets for five people, I don't think. Let's see. There were only 704 of those built. Well, this Um, one broke. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Interesting. I'm going to keep looking that up. Okay. Um, So in April of 1962, the UN delivered an open verdict uh, and stated that it could not rule out sabotage or an attack. Uh, 48 to 68 passengers. 48 to 68. Okay. That's yeah, still that's a really medium-sized s- plane. That's a decent size. Really? I would call that a small plane. I have... Okay. I've flown twice in my life, and the last time was when I was over 10 years ago. Okay. So... You are not a very good... I flew last year. Okay. I win. Yeah? <laughs> I keep my feet on the ground. What can I say? Um, I'm pretty water. sure... And if you are an airplane... In fact, I someone will listen to this that is an airplane expert, and he'll be able to tell us. Because there'll be someone listening to this that's an airplane mechanic. Ooh. I know an airplane mechanic, too. I wonder if we know the same airplane mechanic. No, we don't. We don't? Okay. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. I know that one, too. (laughs) I remember him. Yep, I sure do. I know who you're talking about. Yep. He was a cool dude. He is a cool dude. Yep. Um, Yeah, tell him I said hey. I will. (laughs) Anyway, um... Uh, so, okay, this plane crashed. The end. All right, well, it's time for trivia with Tyler now. (laughs) 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, but people suspect foul play. Why? Huh. Apart from everybody else was burnt and in pieces and this guy had a hole in his head. Well, that's a big part of it. Um, so private investigator Goran Borshkal, um, he traveled to Nadola in 2011. Um, and him and Mass Brueger worked on this for six years investigating um, Dag's Hammerschold and uh, interviewing like witnesses to the plane crash and the sky and all sorts of crazy stuff. So um, a lot of the witnesses um, had been ignored because a lot of citizens in Nadola heard and saw a giant red explosion in the middle of the night. But they were... um, ignored because they were just black country folk and why would anyone want to listen to them well it it does have a little bit of a corrupt government smell to it yeah maybe a little bit (laughs) stop sniffing the mic it's so weird (laughs) um and some were afraid to even come forward um but now most of the people that were involved um are dead so a lot of the people that were too afraid to come forward have now um come forward that was a good one you almost got me she switched again guys she switched again that was you played that one off well or i'm getting drunker one of the two (laughs) something's happening (laughs) (laughs) it's not something good probably (laughs) um so the radio control operator his name uh was martin um and someone on the ground yes in the control tower okay and Megan hits the mic again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is our fifth episode, right? Not our first? Uh, you know. It's all right. I keep meaning. I know you guys can hear this. You can hear my chair squeaking in the background. I keep meaning to WD-40 this damn thing, but forget until we're doing the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I can't do it now. <laughs> so I try not to lean back or to lean back very slowly. But anyway... Back to Dang, his crash, and uh, Gorge's investigation. Okay. I I can't say the name you said, so I'm going to call him Gorge. Well, now I don't know what... Uh, you said the black country folk, nobody I think I to called him Gohan, and I... <laughs> call me, ha, me, ha! <laughs> That's for my homeboy, Adam, because he... A shout out to Adam. Oh, hey, Nate. What's up? Um, if I accidentally called him Gohan, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's the way I'm supposed to pronounce his How name. How is it spelled? Oh, please tell me it's spelled G-O-H-A-N. G-O-R-A-N, but the O has the little two dots on top of it. Oh, So the... I think it's like Goron. 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 Something. Oh. It's Swedish. Mm. Or Danish. I'm sorry. Swedish, Danish. Something. One of those Slavic countries. Is that what they're called? I yes. thought they were called the Netherlands. I, 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 no. I think there's just like Slavic is that entire area. Oh, okay. You're like a, huh. the Slavic people. Hmm. <laughs> Don't at me. Whoa. Whoa. Actually, did, do at me. I want to learn, did, but just be nice. Did you guys see that flex? <laughs> did you guys see that flex right there? Anyway, Martin was the control tower operator. And so he's the dude who talks back and forth to the planes. Yep. Um, 
And so he's supposed to be writing a journal and taking a log of everything he hears. Well, this fool, like, destroyed his notes that night for no reason. He can't give one. He just destroyed his notes and had to rewrite them by memory. Smell that? It smells like bullshit. That smells like government conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) I can Um, weed them out. I can smell one from about 5,000 miles away. That's... Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I am so sorry, y'all. It's the alcohol. It is. So that's okay. I'm almost done. <laughs> um. So he destroyed all of his notes and had to rewrite them from memory later on the next day. Um, but he also claims to have not seen anything when people around the area uh, claims that they saw a giant red explosion. Um the night before and this happened just like over the hill from where the control tower was just over yonder yeah just over yonder okay um so that's one of the reasons why people were first like huh well the albertina which was the name of the plane uh sat unguarded at the airport for two hours before takeoff um which gave someone plenty of time to plant an explosive or any other type of sabotage um, when pictures, um, were taken at the crash site, no one was able to take a picture of Dag Hammarskjöld's body until it had been moved onto a stretcher. I don't know what to say right now, so I'm going to let you keep going. So let me tell you about my favorite, the reason why this is like just the craziest of all things. So... And you can see this in the picture of Dag um, Hammerschold's body on the stretcher. In the collar of his shirt, there is an ace of spades sticking out of it. The ace of spades is the death card. Why is it the death card? Because the ace of spades is the... It's the trump card. It's the the winner of all things. There's Um, not a higher card in poker. I'm looking it up. I'm looking up, trying to find that picture now. And you can see it's like a white ace of spades sticking out of his collar. And the um, photographer that was there um, at the crash site um, was told not to mention the ace of spades to anyone because it is not allowed to be in any official reports. Um, So in the official autopsy report and everything, nowhere is it mentioned that he had this ace of spades um, in his collar. Um, But that's one of the biggest things of it. I mean, super like comic book assassination MI6 type stuff. I cannot find a photo with that, but I did find something interesting that you may or may not touch on. Um, it, it talks about the time of the crash. Do you talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm not going to spoil it. Um, I'm going to keep looking for this. Oh, I did find the photo. That's pretty, pretty gruesome. Quite frankly. Yeah. Not. mm. But also notice how he's not burned to a crisp and in multiple pieces. Yeah. And seeing the other pictures of the wreckage. 
Yeah. Not, not that these are necessarily good quality pictures. They're all super small, and I'm buzzing hard. But um, let me get back to some of the other ones here. Uh, come on. There we go. Yeah, I mean, this plane is, it crashed into a bunch of trees. It's in oh, it's a in bazillion pieces. pieces. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see, and, you know, who knows when, at what point these pictures are taken, but I don't see any other bodies. There's a, the, I mean, there's a motor and a prop of the plane, and that's about the only solid piece of the plane I can identify. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Out of all the pictures I see, I can I can identify the same. Oh, there's a little bit of the fuselage in that picture. Oh, keep going. <laughs> okay. Um. So the uh, la, 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 the plane failed to land at its scheduled time. Um. Instead, the UN insisted that Hammerschold had just decided to go elsewhere. Um, then there was the fact that the search for the plane's wreckage and the crash site did not begin until hours after the crash, um, though witnesses had reported seeing a great flash in the sky soon after midnight. Um, local residents had also seen a second plane in the sky that night, um, and there testimonies were discounted and ignored um the crash's sole survivor uh which was u.n secretary officer harold julian spoke before he died of an explosion aboard the plane but the authorities assumed he was too ill to be and sedated to be taken seriously and shortly after he died i want to be sedated (laughs) sorry that that word makes me think of that song Two days after Hammerschold's death, former U.S. President Harry Truman insinuated of reporters that the U.N. leader had been assassinated, saying, quote, he was on the point of getting something done when they killed him. Notice that I said when they killed him, unquote. I just want to make sure that I'm following along. Uh, because, like I said, I, I am officially buzzing at this point. Um, so this guy from Sweden, doctorate, very the OG humanitarian, um, essentially uh, was was high up in the UN. I don't remember what, some kind of secretary. General, secretary general, general. Secretary general at the UN. Second ever. Um uh, Africa was being gaining their freedom from the colonial powers, yep. aka Britain, France, yep, uh, Spain, Portugal. I guess was a colonizing power at some point, maybe not then. Um, and so the Congo had gained their independence, or were still in the process. I, from what I understood, they had already gained it, and they had a separate. Essentially, a a, 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 a a mutiny. Yeah, a mutiny. Yeah. A, a militant group trying to take over. Um, and he was trying to settle that dispute. Yes. Yes, along with many other things in Africa um, at the time. 
what sort of other things? So the big thing that the documentary hits on, and I don't want to get too deep into it because it's like the documentary's thing, and I want you guys to go and watch it and have your own opinions, um, especially because a lot of like the New York Times and uh, the Washington Post and stuff kind of have mixed feelings about it. Um, but there was a white supremacist group um, in the Congo at the time that they feel is responsible for um, Dag Hammarskjöld's death because they were attempting to basically transmit AIDS um, to the African population. And Mm. Dag Hammarskjöld was going to put an end to that. Gotcha. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure I was, I'm on the same page here, um, which is not easy being buzzed, quite frankly. Um, Okay, because this, what I have up here, I have questions I want to ask. Okay. Once you're done. All right. I'm done-ish. Okay. Uh, Well, not done-ish. I'm close to done. You you do what you got. I want to see how much of this is referenced because it references the um, documentary that you've been referencing. So I'm, okay. I'm curious how much overlap there is. And okay. I, I do have questions based off this article. Okay. Not, not tried to not like copy the documentary yeah, word sure. or anything. So sure, I'm just sure. giving you guys a general overview on DAG. I was more interested yeah, in his humanitarian than his death, but the death I, is I definitely, definitely knew that when you started talking about it, I was like, Oh yeah, I know why Megan picked this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I might bleed a little from my heart. Mm. <laughs> emotions they're so bad (laughs) all right uh so a uh belgium mercenary pilot named oh i'm gonna fuck this up because i forgot forgot to write down the pronunciation jean von reiselgem reiselgem how you spell that j-a-n-v-a-n reiselgem reiselgem Yep, that's how you do it. Rasgham. John von Rasgham. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, he was a pilot known as the Lone Ranger because he specialized in um, solo night ops back in World War II. Um, so he was suspected that um, he had been sent uh, basically in his plane to shoot down um, Hammerschold's plane if the bomb did not uh, successfully take him out, basically. Um, And there were reports of uh, citizens uh, seeing a second plane in the air with their plane at the time. And people assume it is this man's, uh, the Lone Ranger's plane. Um, And he is dead, so we cannot confirm or deny that. Um... You meant, I don't want to skip too much ahead, but you mentioned time, or I mentioned time earlier. You mm-hmm. said you had something on that. I mentioned, yeah, that the plane did not arrive when it was supposed to. Oh, okay. That's not what I had found earlier. Basically, what I found said that uh, the plane went down at, uh, I think it was it's just, 015. It yeah. was like 15 after midnight. Yeah, just after midnight. and then. But his watch had stopped yeah. working at like 315 in the morning. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's more of those very interesting That's a, Yeah, that's a very, very interesting. Because if... Why, uh, 
that's one of those. It, that could just be coincidence, though. The watch could have got banged up. Yeah. You know, but that is interesting. Yeah. Um. So, long-standing theory um, centers on documents released from the Arpathied-era South Africa in the late 1990s, which suggest a white militia group called the South African Institute for Maritime Research, or the SAIMR, orchestrated the plane crash that killed Hammerschold. Um, and this is the... Uh, both of these are what the documentary covers um, about how both the uh, this white militant um, supremacist group uh, and this uh, lone ranger mercenary had been sent to kill him um, via uh, the CIA and the British MI5. Or MI6. I forgot which one's the real one and which one's in the movies. So, I feel like this might be a time to jump in. I like times to jump in. Um, and I apologize if I step on your toes here. No, I'm all for it. But. Step on them toes. I found an article that says, um, this is a year old article, so sometime in 2019 on The Guardian. Uh, oh. Nope, never mind. I'm sorry. That's not the right date. Um, yeah, no, January 12th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Guardian. Did you see this article? I did. Okay. Then I'll let you talk about it. Well, yeah, I'm, I don't know how far I'm going to get. So we'll okay. let you. You oh, can okay. step on toes. Oh, well, uh, basically it just says that uh, Jan Van Rysakham, um, uh Apparently, he was named as a possible attacker before, as mm-hmm. you as you described. But um, uh, his father was Belgian. He escaped occupied Europe at the start of the war to join the resistance in England. He trained with the RAF and mm-hmm. flew missions over Nazi-held areas. Um, uh, they gathered testimony. This, this is referring to the film. Uh, says they gathered testimony from another pilot that undermines uh, one of his alibis for the night that uh, old Dang was shot down. I mean, Dang's plane crashed. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that would just I, – I scanned this article earlier, and I thought that was very interesting because the article is titled, RAF veteran, quote, admitted 1961 killing of U.N. Secretary General, yeah. quote. Um, so I just thought that was very interesting if he – it says apparently he had, he appeared to have proof for decades uh, that he was yeah. he wasn't flying in that region. Um, he died yeah. in two thousand seven. So yeah, before we could get any of him to actually say this on record, yeah. that's that's one of those things. If he did do it, he was some sort of. If he wasn't some sort of special ops, he was that mission was some sort of special ops or he was just rogue and he, will, he was definitely special ops. He will never admit those special special ops guys are not going to ever admit anything they've done. Yeah. Not until it's declassified. Yeah. And I can, I can attest that from my own dad who wasn't special ops. He was in the, just in the army 82nd airborne and he, uh, 
you know, he only tells me things that he did that are declassified. So interesting. You know, I sit down with your dad one day and get him drunk. My dad doesn't drink, not that much, at least. Hmm. He has a beer every once in a while. Well, shit, um, we're gonna have to spike his dinner or something. Yeah, I've never seen him drink uh, liquor, not once in my life. And uh, wow, he drinks. He drinks a glass. He used to drink a glass of red wine every single day because apparently it's good for your heart. <laughs> um, he hates it, but it's good for your heart. And he, every once in a while, he'll have a beer or two. But I've never seen my dad really drink. I never seen either any of my parents drink. <laughs> I've, I've had a step uh, a stepdad. I've had uh, one beer with my stepdad. I've seen him drink one time, and I've never seen my mom drink. And I've had a couple beers with my dad, but that's it. We came from very different families. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't drink for the longest time. Anyway, um, back to old Dang and yes. uh, his folks. So, as of 2018, um, the UN has uh, relaunched the investigation into this plane crash and his death, um, which is why I want to leave it kind of open-ended, um, because we might learn more as... Um, I like this. I like learning more. Yeah. We might learn more as uh, time goes on. Um, I highly encourage everyone to uh, watch Cold Case Hammerschold and uh, look up your own research on this case um, because there's so many twists and turns and information and a lot of it can get convoluted and confusing and what's real and what's not. Um, But if you want to fall into a rabbit hole, that'll uh, take you several hours to just peel through and come up with your own ideas. Um, Dag Hammerschold. Dang. Dang Hammerschold and that dang, dang Ace of Spades. Dang on it, man. Dang Hammerschold's. Um, but that's all I'm going to leave you guys with on Dag. Um, and I wonder what uh, our world would have been like if he had not been assassinated that night or <clears throat> if he had not died that night. Um, I wonder how bad the AIDS epidemic would have been and, all sorts of other interesting things. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I tend to, after everything so far, after everything so far, after what you've told me and informed me, because I knew nothing about this before you started talking, and I clicked on a couple articles here. Um, yeah, no, that was that was some sort of. Especially seeing the pictures. Uh, now, in fairness, I didn't see any pictures of any other dead bodies, but... They do show them in the documentary. Really? Yeah. They are I'll charred to, and nice and crispy. i watch that. Oh, KFC. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Finger looking good. Uh, I like my chicken not burnt. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you guys, something just happened that was amazing. And this is a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where I'm sitting, the air conditioning vent is blowing on me, and I turned it down because apparently it had been off all day. It was like 80 degrees in my house when I got home from work, and so I set it to 70, and the air conditioning vent, it's cooled down now, and the ceiling fan's running in here. I'm freezing cold over here. I'm wearing a tank top right now. I was able to pick up my phone, turn my air conditioner off, thanks to the Google Nest. That is wonderful. Please sponsor us, Google. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. But <laughs> I don't care regardless. Like I said, I'm buzzed. I finished my drink a good little bit ago. I, that was awesome. 
I said I had two things, but I've forgotten what the second thing was. <laughs> you are a little buzzed. Uh, yeah. No, I'm. I'm such a lightweight when I don't have food on my stomach. It's not, not even a. It's not funny. Not even a joke. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, okay. Do we want to do? Yeah, we want to do it. Okay. Because are you gonna introduce it? What are you? Yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna I be gotta, a new segment. It's gonna be a new segment. As I said earlier, we're gonna call it Trivia with Tyler. Um, now I will say I was a little unprepared for this. I was. I was thinking about it, and I I mentioned it to Megan earlier today when we were uh, talking about stuff pre-show, and um, she was on board with it. And I was like, "Well, fuck! Now I got to look up some trivia." I was gonna put it off till next week, but anyway, I figure uh, this is a pretty pretty good trivia fact. Did you know that M&Ms actually stands for Mars and Murray's? The last names of the candy's founders. I did not. I didn't know that either. I pulled up a, a article that gave like a hundred and something facts and found that one. I thought it was interesting. But that leads me to, because what I want this thing to turn out to be, and I'll just go ahead and say this on air because I'm drunk or buzzing. <laughs> I can always cut it. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's not that big a deal. What I want this to be is I, I give a fact and we chit chat about it for a little bit. Okay. So with that being said, What's your favorite candy? Oh God! And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quantify this or qualify this. I'm sorry, qualify is a better word. What's your favorite chocolate-based candy, and what's your favorite fruity candy? Okay, non-chocolate candy makes life a lot easier. Okay. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Um, I, they're both great, but they're separate. Separate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's my favorite chocolate candy is the Reese's Fast Break. You just stole my heart. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite too. No way. Yes. No I... one in the world likes those except oh, me. They're so good. Oh, they're so good. I did not expect that at all, guys. I thought she was going to say something like a Baby Ruth or something. No, which... Don't knock on the Baby Ruth. The Baby Ruth is a severely underrated candy bar. It is. It's very good. It, it's delicious, but yes. It's you, not the Reese's Fast Break, though. The Reese's Fast Break is the best. Chocolate, Reese's peanut butter, nougat. Mm. How can you go wrong? Let me let me ask you a question. Yes. Though. All right. So how much about candy? We're going to come back to the fruity to the fruity candies in a minute. And I know we're pushing an hour and 10 minutes right now, but this might go an hour and a half because this is, this is an important topic. <laughs> and we still got to review the whiskey. Yeah, we do. All right. Um, So did you know that candy in other countries has different names? Have you ever been to another country? Been to another country? No. I have a very, very close friend who lives in Scotland. Okay. So, yes, I knew this. You did know that. I didn't know that. I never, I've been to Puerto Rico. My, my grandfather's Puerto Rican, so I'm Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Um, as my friend Adam, who's fully Puerto Rican, says, sort of Rican. Sort of Rican. <laughs> again, shout out to Adam. Same guy from the Kamehameha thing. <laughs> anyway, um, so I've never been out, out of the country. And I learned that I don't remember. I think what we call a Three Musketeers, the rest of the world calls a Milky Way. But have you ever noticed... If you take, because I'm pretty sure Three Musketeers, Milky Way, and Snickers are all made by Mars candy. I think most everything is made by Mars. Mars and Nestle make everything. Yeah, Mars and Nestle. That's the other one. Um, but if you take, a Three Musketeers is nougat mm -hmm. coated in chocolate. Yep. 
a Milky Way is nougat with caramel on top, coated and in chocolate. chocolate. Yep. And a Snickers is nougat with caramel on top and peanuts coated in chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what they did there? They literally just added one thing. Yep. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so I did not know that there are, um, I think, I think what it was is Three Musketeers are called Milky Ways, and what we call Milky Ways are called Mars Bars in Britain. Yes. Something like that. I believe that's accurate. Yeah. I believe. Like, I, I just, why? I, I'm just very curious as to why would why would a company do that? Why not just Merca. market it? Well, yeah, I guess, but... <laughs> I don't have a better explanation that, than that. That just seems so weird. Anyway, okay, that's enough about chocolate. Let's talk fruity, fruity candy. candies because this one's a lot harder for me. This is a lot harder for me too. Um, mm. I, I actually have to think on this for a minute, and and I'll disclose, I you know I haven't had candy in a while. He's uh, on the keto diet. Uh, yeah, I I got I got fat, y'all. <laughs> so I had to I had to lose some weight. I, I've been doing it for about a month, month and a half, and I'm down 20 pounds. So I can. Hey, congratulations. I appreciate it. Mazel tov. But I got a long ways to go. I got at least another 20, maybe. If I want to get crazy like I did last time, another 55. Jesus, to go. Tyler. Maybe it was. No, is that math right? I got. I went from 240 to 175 last time. You were really, really weird looking. Like you were so thin. It was. People were asking me if I was sick. It was very troubling. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna go that. But it, it really, honestly, it gets addicting seeing the scale, seeing the number go. Oh, I know. I, uh, I was anorexic for. Oh, I, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. No, I'm. It is something I'm totally willing to talk about because it. Maybe that would be something good to talk about on here one day. Yeah. Just not, not like. We skip one, skip a research one time, and you talk about your experiences with that, and I talk about yeah. my experiences being fat. <laughs> I mean, because I've been fat my whole life. <laughs> I mean, I was fat most of my life, and that's why I went anorexic, dropped down to ninety-eight pounds, and nearly killed myself. So, mm. all right, well, let's talk about let's, happier thing. Yeah, happier candy. Mm, yum, candy. All right, candy. Mm, do we do we want to break this out into regular? Uh, Fruity candy and sour candy, or do we just want to lump it all together? Oh, God. Um, I think just for the sake of time, let's lump it all. Lump it, it all? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let you go first. Ladies first. Oh, shit. I guess if I... This is very hard. So I'm going to say Starburst, because I'm on the spot, I think. Mm. All right. Well, you can take a little, little bit more time to think about it, and I'll... One thing when I'm buzzing and drunk is I talk a lot. So I'll talk while you think on it. Um, What's your favorite fruity candy? Well, I thought about Starburst for a good long while because they're good. But it's only a couple of the Starbursts that are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're all good, but there's only a couple that are great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do like a Skittle. And I like to, and this is what I'm going to do next time I have people over like when i had my cookout i'm gonna have a little one once we're out of the covid thing did i tell you about this no but it, i'm sorry to interrupt this no, uh, episode ahead. is gonna be so fucking long <laughs> it's fine um skittles for halloween have made a zombie skittle pack and i was reading reviews on it online because trying to figure out what in the hell was up with it because i've seen it in stores and stuff 
and there's like all the flavors in it are great like there's blood orange and black cherry and yummy ones and then there's a rotten flesh flavor which i thought had to be like (laughs) right i thought just had to be like some other fruit or something like maybe a really sour lemon or or something and i was reading about it online and apparently it tastes like rotten disgustingness so a part of me wants to try it have you ever had like the birdie bots every flavored beans or the nasty jelly bellies yes can't i mean it's got to be i know but it's a skittle oh yeah that's right you said skittles not jelly belly no skittle shit (laughs) i started thinking sorry guys i just hit the fucking windscreen here um yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm drunk. I started getting, I started thinking about jelly bellies and then I thought you were talking about jelly bellies. No. <laughs> Skittles. That's all you. I'm I'm hard on the keto train. I can't. Uh, I know. I've had one cheat meal. Uh, not even a cheat meal. I had one cheat. It was just a side of mac and cheese at a restaurant. I I, I was weak. But, um, <laughs> weak. Uh. Um, but, uh, okay, so. I would have to go, if you held a gun to my head and made me pick right now. Mm, That's a hard choice, but I would have to go with Chewy Sour Sprees or Smarties, whichever one you can find. I'm a sucker for some sour stuff because I debated with Sour Skittles. Sour Skittles. And let me tell you a funny story about Sour Skittles. Sour Skittles. Um, I remember they came out shortly after 9-11. Like, I mean, like, right after 9-11. And uh, I was... 9-11. I, I had to have been eight. I was in third grade. So that tells you where I was. Um, I was born in 93, for those who are going to do the math. Um, so, my mother hates sour she does not do sour foods cast sour candy she doesn't like it but i distinctly remember sour skittles came out and i was like mom please please i love sour stuff let me have it let me and we went to the the, stop the corner store and she got me one and we were in the car and i pulled one out and it's coated you know you know how sour Mm -hmm. skittles coated in the white stuff and my mom was like um no terrorists might be poisoning our food you are not gonna eat that and she goes i'll eat one and see if they're okay oh no (laughs) that was one of the most glorious moments of my childhood was watching my mother who hates sour stuff eat a sour skittle the things people do for their children (laughs) oh she puckered so hard it was great i'll tell you another this th- I'll just give you my top three. Okay. I'll just give you top five. <laughs> For Jamie, if he ever listens, top five. Top five. Um, so I would go with, and this is in no particular order. What I say earlier? Uh, sour sprees yep. or, or sweet tarts. Sour Skittles. Damn, I lost the other one. <laughs> You've had a bitch drink. Um, uh, starbursts. I like I like starbursts. Um, and it's not fucking sour patch kids. Stop thinking sour patch kids. Fuck, I can't remember the I can't remember the other one. 
Damn. I'm drunk, okay. guys. <laughs> um. All right, you're number one. I. Man, I'm gonna go then with chewy sprees, not the sour, just regular chewy sprees. That's a that's a very good call. Those are good too. Mmm, candy. Mmm, I wish, I wish I could have some. I also want some Chick Fil A. Anyway, that's besides the point. So, let's talk about this whiskey. All right. So, um, I have really didn't really enjoyed my whiskey. It's definitely a good sipping whiskey. Um, I love the coffee. I've gotten the coffee every sip along the way, and it's just every fantastic. Every single <laughs> sip, it's there. Oh, it's so good, guys. Oh, <laughs> it's like a shadow. <laughs> get away from it that's so good coffee fans drink conviction whiskey i uh i wanted to say something earlier i'm sorry i just realized it when i i sorry <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. i was zoning out while megan was talking to be quite honest <laughs> it's <laughs> it's what happens when i get drunk my attention span wonders if you can't tell um and i just looked at the the bottle and it's got uh so this is handcraft small batch bourbon whiskey. It's uh, aged on the bottle. It says it's aged two years. Now this it's made to look like a. Uh, I'm I'm gonna show it to Megan. It's made to look like it's handwritten, mm-hmm. but it's obviously not. It's yes. printed on some kind of canvas sticker, which is pretty cool in and of itself. Uh, it's single barrel, um, and it was bottled. That can't be right. It says 11-30-2020, but we haven't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. one thirty twenty twenty. The slash looks like another one. Oh. It's whiskey from the future. <laughs> I'm not crazy. I'm not that drunk. I'm showing it to Megan uh, right now. It does look like 11-30. Okay, he's really not that drunk. Yeah, it looks it like 11-30. Like <laughs> um, and this was, this was from barrel 325. And this is bottle number 71. I think it's pretty cool that they include that information. That is. I should have noticed that when I was at the liquor store and like looked at every bottle and seen if they all said the same thing. Oh, that would have been really cool. Oh, that would have been. Maybe one day we can get like to go find some that are different. Like, you know, maybe it's barrel 325 and barrel 330. Yeah. And compare. Oh, I like that that idea. That would be cool. Cool. Um. I just want to throw this out there too. It's got uh, their website on the bottom is uh, whiskeyprison.com. Megan might have said that earlier. I I can't remember if I did or not. That was way at the beginning of the episode. I'm going to throw that out there too. Um, All right. So, what do you think? I like the back end of it, I don't like the front end of it. The coffee's a little too. Too much for me. It's a little too bitter, um, but the back end's good. Like I said, it's it's every time I've taken a sip of this. Thank God there's not a camera in here focused on me because it's been like a shudder. Like, whoa. <laughs> uh, part of that has to do from just my own my own past with whiskey and how I, I just got one one night in college. I got real drunk on whiskey. And ever since then, it's been kind of a <laughs> We'll share this story a different day. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just it's it's been a little nauseating when they t- have a certain taste or, or smell, um, and a little hard to get down. But, um, yeah, no, I would give it a solid. 
see, I, I don't want to say like a two or anything. Just be, It's because I don't like coffee. Overall, as a whiskey, I'd give it a solid... What did I rate last week's? Do you remember? I don't. I Actually, rated that it. that was two weeks ago. Yeah, because I had a yeah. sleep study. Yeah, we had to skip a week. Um, um, it was it was like... I, I would rank it higher than last week. I, I'm going to go with a solid five. It's 4.5 to five. It's middle of the road for me. Okay. Um, I can handle it. It's good. I like the back end of it, but I don't like the front end because it's it's very bitter, very dark, uh, very black coffee bitter. Yeah. Um, and since I'm not a coffee person, go ahead, send me the hate. Yeah, I know I'm not a coffee person. I'm sorry. I don't need to jumpstart my day. <laughs> I can get up and be ready to go. I'll hit him for you guys. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't spend $75 a week at Starbucks on nothing. That is not even coffee. That's like sugar water. It is, but a lot of people spend it, spend that much there. No, I like coffee. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was mean. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get so much hate. Um, <laughs> Weird. I am. <laughs> what do you think of it? I I had liked it. Um, it's not my favorite whiskey that we've done on the show so far. Um, it's it's probably my number three. Um, so Suntory would still be number, my number one. Um, and then the uh, the range prairie whiskey we did. The, um, was it campfire? I don't remember. It's in my it's in my whiskey cabinet in there. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the one we did during the uh, Palisade. Three. Yep. Um, and then this one. So I, I'd say I'd give this one a no episode two. I'm sorry. No, it's episode three. Was it? Yep. Shit. I don't I don't remember at this point. It's episode three. It's okay. okay. Don't think too hard. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. I might hurt myself. <laughs> um, this one, I would say, I'll give it a 6.5 to a 7. Okay. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'd buy it again. It's a nice sipping whiskey. I like it. I I would definitely go... I like the... Um, whatever that whiskey was, the... The campfire one or episode three whiskey. I liked it the best out of everything we had. Sunny Tory was was second and the rest kind of been a wash from there. I haven't really they haven't been my favorites by any stretch, but uh the peanut butter one was pretty rough last Ugh. week. Oh, that was rough. Sorry to that distillery. Sorry, screwball. That's right, screwball. <laughs> All right, uh, so we've definitely gone over our recording time, so we're going to see how this That's goes. That's okay. We'll, you know, hour, hour and a half, wherever, okay. wherever we end up in there. I'm not too All concerned right. about the time. Well, uh, we've been Whiskey and Wonder, and I'm Megan. I'm Tyler, and we have not said everything we need to say yet. We have I, not. I'm the drunk one. Oh, shoot. <laughs> we didn't say anything about our social media. We did not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, we are on Instagram at Whiskey Podcast. You can email us at gmail at whiskeyandwonder at gmail.com. Um, I will also post any other relevant links in the description. Um, and you can email us and send us uh, topic suggestions, whiskey suggestions, whatever uh, floats your boat. Um yeah, I think that's about covers it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot it's like right. that, but I'm shitty at remembering those things. <laughs> we, I need, we'll talk about it off the air, but I need you to write me a sticky note with all that stuff, and I'll tape it to the bottom <laughs> of my computer, and I'll read it off. 
All right. But, well, let's try um, that again. Yeah, so, uh, you can find us at uh, Whiskey. Did you talk about Instagram? I did. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> let's, Listen uh, to Megan, not me. <laughs> so for one more time, this is Whiskey and Wonder, and uh, I'm Megan. I'm Tyler. And drunk. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Hammer shoulder.